February 22nd, 1943. Members of the White Rose Resistance, Sophie Scholl, Hans Scholl, and Christoph Probst, are executed in Nazi Germany. Your 64-year-old aunt notes on Facebook that they are, quote, just as violent as those SS guys, citing no evidence. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. <laughs> I'm Zach Powers. And uh, hey, welcome back to the show, uh, the wonderful, the delightful Katie Bowen, hello. everyone. Hello, hello, Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Coming at you with that heat. Um, <laughs> it's 2.45 in the afternoon. I know. What a time to be alive. Um, hey, listeners, if you're new to the show, um, the thing we do each time is we take a topic from history one person presents the official, uh, government-sanctioned, uh, kid-tested, mother-approved version of events, and another person comes up with a bonkers, batshit, uh, crazy pants alternate history, and the winner becomes the true story going forward of this little thing we call life. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Are you trying to trying to steal my heat, but not quite. You can't match wanted- my marble energy. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like totally bite your style, but I wanted to. I wanted to bite it a little bit, mm. just get a little taste of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not how I wanted to say that at all. <laughs> um, uh, last time, listeners, was the uh, last in our mini-series on uh, famous writers, Edna St. Vincent Millay, and I can report uh, that the alternate history uh, has won the voting, um, where it was it was basically Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, um, that I also forgot <laughs> major plot aspects of yeah. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Brian serendipitously... <laughs> accidentally included elements of Home Alone 2 Lost in New York before the part that was supposed to be Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was um, really accidentally one of my stronger alternate histories <laughs> through no fault of you my own. fell into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great. Much like Enda St. Malay fell down those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Enda St. Vincent Malay. <laughs> uh, that is so, how she died in both versions of events <laughs> uh, well um so we're moving on to our most thoroughly modern uh mm. miniseries uh we are uh, going to be talk- spending the next several episodes talking about the space race y'all um don't know why I said it like that. Mm. Um, it's um, the race to get into space, not a race of people who yeah, are called. Yeah. yeah not, for if you're aliens. unfamiliar with history, if this is really 101 for you, we're going to go back. <laughs> that you have the chosen poorly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the um, our first topic, there's going to be definitely a mix of, uh, say, major Soviet figures and... Uh, Americans and all that might be a Nazi or two in there too. Yeah, guess which side they're on. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's ours. Have you um, heard of Operation Paperclip? Uh, I don't know. Could be a topic. 
Um, I mean, there is definitely a Verna von Braun episode. I can't remember if I like wrote down paperclip. Anyway, but we'll touch on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so our uh, our first topic is a little fella by the name of Konstantin Salkovsky. We're also getting back into the yeah, Russian names. back into Russia. Uh, why we choose themes that have to do with Russia so frequently, frequently I don't know. <laughs> I assume it's because we're supported by Russian bots on Twitter. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. We're, we're not supposed to get... Not and our, our listenership is mostly Russian bots. <laughs> um, <laughs> RT and Putin have a lot of stake in this. It's actually mm-hmm. the number one... Uh, lost cause of his portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why 99... is the revisionist worth $15 billion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, $15 billion in uh, sticker sticker sales. Yeah. Um, the deep cut, because Putin is maybe the richest man on earth, but he hides all of his money behind other people. So there's like this violinist he's friends with. Who's worth like $20 billion, but it's just Putin's money. And he's like, hold this for me. So people don't think I'm as rich. Uh. (laughs) That's a hard place to be in. (laughs) Also, I mean, a great, great choice if you're a violinist, though, like trying to make it. Yeah, seriously. I thought you were going to praise Putin there for a second. A great leader. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I think he should just have more influence on picking the leaders of other countries, if anything. (laughs) You know what? Do we really need a country of Georgia? We already have a state. So, I don't know, make it Russia or something. I think Obviously kidding. Ukraine is long in the tooth. Uh, I think it's past its prime. It needs a reinvention. When was the last time anyone actually thought about Moldova? Uh... (laughs) Fair. Uh, but Zach, you're going to be doing the actual history? Uh, Yep. And then Katie, you'll be doing the alternate? Yep. All right. Yes. So uh, whenever you're ready, uh, take it away. Okay. So Konstantin Skolkovsky was born September 17th, 1857. You might note that date as a long time before we went to the moon. <laughs> Um, an event he was not alive for, slight spoiler alert, um, but he is considered one of the founders of modern rocket science. Uh, he grew up in a, a middle house, a middle class household uh, with an orthodox upbringing. Uh, he was son of a teacher and minor government official and uh, just had a bit of a sad sack of a life for the first part, I guess. Um, he uh, got scarlet fever at age 10. And lost uh, a lot of his hearing. His mother died at th- when he was 13. I almost said died at 13, which would have been like, <laughs> I guess possible Russian. back then. But, you know, <laughs> quite a feat. Um, he was not let into school because of his hearing loss. And so he became, he was a self-taught, uh, self-taught uh, astro, early astrophysicist. Um, he became... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just the phrase self-taught astrophysicist is kind of like, <laughs> is, is that cool? Do we like that? I guess. I don't How else would you, uh, especially point, when it yeah. didn't really exist as a profession? It's true. Yeah, that's fair. Someone um, had to do it. For a lot of his life, he was fairly, rec- he was semi-reclusive, um, but he was deeply interested in math, physics, and surprisingly, space travel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he worked with some prominent uh, cosmism uh, enthusiasts, which was like this ideology in Russia at the time that was sort of a cultural philosophy, but also advocated for eventual space travel. Um, he came to believe that colonizing space could lead to utopia and in time, possibly even immortality for humans. Now, granted, his scale for this was like thousands of years. So the degree to which he has been proven wrong is like, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Still technically the jury's out. Yeah. Yeah. It's only been like 150 like 160 years he could still we could still make it happen we can still find that sweet sweet immortal juice yeah on the other on the parts of the moon we haven't been to yet yeah um he's a big fan of jules verne uh which seems obvious he conceived um a great number of ideas one of them one of his early ones was a space elevator it might surprise you to learn that such a thing was never made uh, <laughs> and it, it is what it sounds like. It is functionally an elevator that goes to space. Um, it was inspired by the Eiffel Tower's design. Um, okay. So just like not airtight, I'm guessing that. No, but he did a lot of stuff that was better. Although that <laughs> and the, the picture of his first spaceship, if you look it up, his first design for a spaceship is pretty wild. It's like this weird orb with a bunch of random shit in it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm looking this up. I mean, you could keep. Sorry. Yeah, um, I want to see it. <laughs> uh, his father was pretty worried because he was a very strange and sort of reclusive fella. His father worried that he could not support himself and brought him back to the house back home to live at 19. Uh, he, after hearing that he had been overworking and starving himself uh, <laughs> out in the real world, and. Look, I'm I'm seeing that first spaceship. It's not worth starving yourself over. Yeah, well, you know, early days. He was 19. What are you going to do? It's we true. all believe some crazy shit at night. People believe in Ayn Rand at 19. You know, it's not the worst <laughs> thing to draw a weird-ass spaceship. Uh, so he began working uh, at a school near Moscow as a teacher. Uh, where He married uh, Vivaria Sokolova. I'm going to say, um, and continued to work privately in making discoveries. He lived in a village called Kaluga. Kaluga. Yeah, that seems right. <laughs> a small town. This is a lot of guesswork on these pronunciations, folks. Look, so look, the motto, f- the motto for any Russian topic is good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he spent most of his life in this small town. Uh, and the early part of the 1900s was a, Another tumultuous time for him. Um, uh, In 1902, his son committed suicide. In 1908, a lot of his papers and research were lost in a flash flood. And in 1911, his daughter um, was arrested for engaging in revolutionary activities, uh, supporting the Bolshevik Revolution, which incidentally, Konstantin also supported. He developed science and philosophy around space travel at the time. Uh, Among a few of the things that he had early conceptions for were thrusters, multi-stage boosters, space stations, airlocks, closed cycle oxygen, uh, things of that nature. There's going to be more later because they were like doled out over the list of of, like, as I was reading, they just were kind of doled out piecemeal 
But that's just a start of the things that he had early research into. But a lot of shit that was almost a hundred years after his time, really? Yeah, that was, yeah, kind of the basis for, like, what would eventually be implemented much longer after, far, far long after he was dead. Um, the first paper that he ever submitted to a scientific organization in the 1880s, specifically 1881, was this uh, work on the theory uh, and nature of gases. And it was rejected uh, because he had apparently been aware these discoveries had been made 25 years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so he was right. It's just like he didn't know somebody already did it. You know, it's like it's like he made an app for like rideshare, and then it was like, well, actually, I hate to tell you. Uh, okay, well, what about a thing where you like post your pictures and everyone can like like and see them? Yeah, that seems even more fundamental than rideshare. Ah, jeez, oh no, I'm not even trying a Russian accent on that one. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, but he was not deterred. He kept working uh, on airships, on hovercraft uh, technology, and on rocket ships, of course. Uh, he was interested in creating this all-metal dirigible that could grow or shrink, theoretically. Uh, I assume, I didn't get more details, I would assume it has to do with the temperature of the metal. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, one of his ideas. As far as I know, no such aircraft was ever made. Um, he created the first aeronautics lab in all of Russia inside of his apartment in the 1890s. <laughs> it's a, like fucking DIY space, space shit. Pretty much. Yeah. He was trotting untrodden ground in a lot of ways. Uh, and he began winning grants at around that time. Uh, and moved on to heavier than air travel as a, as like a new thought experiment, uh, specifically early conceptions of airplanes. Uh, he suspected that like some version of his early designs would come to fruition within 20 years. This was the 1890s. So I don't think that's too far off. Yeah, um, no, that's basically right on. Yeah. Uh, he anticipated a lot of later advancements, but, uh, he actually, uh, as time wore on, got less and less official response and respect because a lot of his ideas, justly and unjustly, were kind of deemed pretty out there. So I don't think uh, a lot of people were excited by them. They seemed a little too far-fetched, I think, for the for the masses. Um, right. He became disillusioned by his diminishing grants uh, and uh, diminishing response to his work. So he actually refocused during World War One. Uh, up until the 1917 revolution on uh, creating anti-poverty measures uh, within Russia, which uh, were probably needed. Um, yeah, but it's yes, <laughs> I, I think we could safely get rid of the probably in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it turned out the most successful anti-poverty measure was not one of the ones he came up with so much as murdering the Romanovs. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was what he had fettled really, with. It's, it's thinking outside the box, really. It's As I said, he definitely supported the revolution. He was, like, fully on board for it. Right. Um, as was anybody who wasn't rich, it seems like. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, Russia, 1917. Uh, some of his... Yeah. 
Uh, after that point, he made more advantages in multi-stage rocket science, such as liquid uh, fuel, uh, proved uh, mathematically that rockets could theoretically achieve space flight. Uh, and a lot of this became basis for later spacecraft. He had gas rudders. Uh, there's like 40 more rocket things. Oxidizers, return trajectory, liquid oxygen and hydrogen. Basically stuff that none of us know what it means, but he came up with the idea for them. <laughs> Yeah, it, it like it sounds impressive. I'm, I'm, sh- and I'm sure it's helpful. No I fucking mean, idea. It could just be stuff that like somebody put on the internet as a joke. Like these don't <laughs> exist. They sound <laughs> like they exist. Yeah. Um, I mean, airlocks. I've heard of those. Airlo- but beyond that, I just put liquid in front of something. It'll it'll sound to most people like it makes sense in a rocket. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it was actually the recipe for Everclear. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a homemade limoncello, basically, at a certain point. Uh, he had a proposition for a train that sort of ran on this air cushion in 1927, the idea of which was largely adapted for um, express trains later on. So he did not strictly uh, work in the extraterrestrial realm. But he was uh, often pessimistic that his theories would ever be implemented by anybody, in part probably because of the diminishing response. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a love of music and also would write uh, theses and essays about the way music worked and things of that nature, though they are mm. <laughs> you know, sort of less remembered than a lot of his rocket science. So basically nowadays he'd like write for Pitchfork. Yeah, he was very, very hip. Um <laughs> He thought Coachella sold out. Uh, yeah, he predicted. <laughs> he predicted Bonnaroo uh, starting to suck about forty years before it was even created. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, he also supported revolution, as I said. Um, and after the revolution, he was elected to the Socialist Academy. Um, in 19, yeah, uh, he was granted a lifetime pension there in 1918, which is, you know, shortly after the revolution. So mm-hmm. good for him. Um, later, late in his life, uh, his work started to get acknowledged more and more, but he was slightly unpopular because he had also expressed re- uh, support for eugenics, which uh, dampened his popularity at the time. I, I missed that that uh-huh. part in choosing topics. Yeah. Uh, he influenced a lot of later scientists, as you might guessed, guess. Uh, he died uh, September 19th of 1935 uh, after an operation to deal with his stomach cancer because this was 1935 and, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you did. You know, you either died of the stomach cancer or you died of the operation. Those were the options. Uh, his life work was his life's work was left to the Soviet state. Uh, and he, as I mentioned, believed humans would one day conquer the stars, basically conquer like they would be the they would rule. They would have the whole galaxy to explore, basically. Um uh, In 1989, he was finally duck- inducted into the Air and Space Hall of Fame. Uh, and while some of his ideas were impractical, many, many were later used. Uh, Putin actually named a town after him in 2015. So, you know, yeah. 
And he also has various tributes in uh, video games, specifically Warhammer and Assassin's Creed. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And there is a character in the anime Mobile Suit Gundam Zero Zero that is based on Salkovsky. So there is his, that is the legacy of this man. Um, if you watch Gundam, I, Jam Man, those last three I was not expecting at all, yeah. <laughs> especially Assassin's Creed of all. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So if you watch Gundam, I think the character's name is William or something, but you can look it up yourself. I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> look, and that is the true history of Konstantin Salkovsky. Look, I don't. I don't want to get into a whole thing i don't know any fucking anime so don't don't write us emails about it we don't care Uh, i've seen death note i watched half of cowboy bebop and was like i don't feel the need to finish this (laughs) so we are watching kira and i've seen an episode of full metal alchemist um, yeah i don't know i used to watch pokemon is yeah that, well there's pokemon that- yeah all, I, did, all, I did watch this shit out of some pokemon all 90s children have some exposure to pokemon dragon ball z and sailor moon to yes. be fair it's <laughs> yeah that's true that's as far as it went for me i remember watching it like a one that i was over some guy's house and like a puppy got thrown against a wall in this anime show and i was oh, like thank god in the anime jesus and i was like <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> that's it for me. Yeah, that's... It was so sad. Okay. That's reasonable. <laughs> I was like, why is there a cartoon puppy getting thrown against the wall? It still you hurts. can draw it still anything. still hurts a you lot. <laughs> you have, over the course of your life, uh, cut out any form of entertainment where animal violence occurs in any fashion, <laughs> which is why you no longer read books, watch movies, watch TV. me the rest of the film. Even in Oh Brother, We're Out Thou, when he smushes up that frog and throws it against the tree, it broke my heart. <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut, yeah. No. I have not actually seen that. It's such a quick scene, you would be like, oh, that? <laughs> but it's <laughs> but so that's, sad. That's it's the so one sad. I think it's like the villainous uh, John Goodman, yes. polyphemus stand-in character. Yes, and he just becomes so mean. Um... And you're like, oh, no, he's bad. (laughs) I mean, he's at a Klan rally later, which is arguably worse. (laughs) Debatably worse than killing a frog. I thought you find out he's in the Klan afterwards. It's later. It's after the frog scene. Yeah, yeah, that's why you're like, oh, what the heck? And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) The the frog is to prime you for the Klan. comes after the frog trauma and then you're like okay. yeah that's the classic way uh the clan path of course is kill a frog step one then clan step two it's yeah. how everybody gets radicalized drama. i'm not yes. saying everyone who's ever killed a frog is in the clan you want to be a why prince? why are so many of the alt-right symbols frogs well that is why <laughs> <laughs> why do the guys look like frogs <laughs> Uh, right. Katie, whenever you're ready with the alternate. All right. Well, I hate to break it to you guys, but Konstantin Edwardvik Slavovsky, um, actually, like he was involved in rocket scientists, but he was actually a part of the Russian space program for dogs. <laughs> Parentheses, oh. some cats. Um, <laughs> so really after being dogs. offended by this anime where dogs are hurt, you're like. Let's make an alternate. <laughs> I know. They're just on my mind still. It was, it was really hard doing this research. Um, hey, Laika, we're coming for you. 
Yes. So the program was really all just dogs. There was a couple cats that didn't make it back. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so, I know. So the dogs, you know, there's lots of dogs in Russia, so it wasn't hard. It was actually easier to, at the time to find more dogs to go to space than people. Um, you know, when they it was asked a the mostly dogs, dog the dogs nation. were like, sure, they looked pretty happy about it. So they sent the dogs. Um, <laughs> so Constantine. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not far off from a lot of the ways they evaluated these animals. I, I mean, know, I know. having so owned a dog, sad. I could ask it almost anything in the right tone of voice, and it would be pretty psyched. <laughs> Do you want to go to space? who's not gonna come back (laughs) why am i so dark okay so yes this research was really you know need therapy afterwards okay so um constantine was born in 1857 year of the snake obviously um who else would send a bunch of happy dogs into space they don't know why they're going into space they're dogs but they did a lot of stuff in this year Constantine was deaf. Um, he met his, you know, he he lost a lot of his hearing. So he got a service dog, and that service dog's name was Joan. And Joan taught him, like, one day he was like, man, Joan's so smart. Like, I bet he could go to space. And so, um, <laughs> and yes, Constantine's dad was, like, so worried about him, you know, like, because he had, like, all his friends were just dogs. Um, like they got him the service dog, but then all the other like stray dogs in Russia just started following him and, uh, Joan around because Joan was just such a smart dog. And then all these other dogs started getting very smart. You know, they were delivering pizzas on bikes and driving around the city. It was just like this really weird place. (laughs) It's sad that these dogs get so smart, yet they're stuck in these menial, (laughs) manual service animals. I know you got to tip the service industry is real over there. And so... (laughs) Um, and they're all just these dogs from only Kaluga. So this then is he, classic he, gig economy bullshit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so then he became an astro canine enthusiast, um, <laughs> which just stands for throwing dogs up in space. Um, <laughs> I have written down here: math plus dogs equals space travel. <laughs> <laughs> I think their I think their flag was literally a picture of a man throwing a dog at the stars. Oh my god, yes, and that's what they did. And so they put a bunch of dogs out space and in, out into space and then um they found out that dogs have actually been traveling through space uh before humans even figured it out. We just didn't even realize it. I don't know if you've seen Marley and Me. <laughs> Wait, not Marley and Me. What is it? A, the story of a dog it's the dog that's just dying and becoming he's like it was the dog the same dog, a dog that yeah, died a, a dog's, dog's purpose, purpose. That's what it was mean. the same dog that died like in the next few dogs that the family adopted yeah. if you- <laughs> they space travel all the time the dogs that are in your house right now that's the dog from like when george washington was it's, alive he was right they conquered space and achieved immortality yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so dogs really do live forever. The kids will be so excited about this. Um, <laughs> the and- fucking alternate theory that all dogs go to heaven is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, the truth is dogs are immortal. They are Buddhist, And have no actually. purpose for heaven. Yes. <laughs> they just get reincarnated, you know. Same brain, different dog. Um, I did read a Buddhist proverb that said that um, dogs are just people that are stuck in the dog realm because they were 
naughty in another realm. I don't know why they are naughty. <laughs> what a proverb. Um, <laughs> it's, so, it's so pithy. <laughs> it teaches us all a lesson. And I remember you guys mentioned things, you know, um, di- didgeribbles, digeribbles, and... Didgeridoos, Airlocks. Those are just dog Digimon. toys. Those oh, are just okay. their stress toys. You know, we get oh. stress balls. You got diggeriggables. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a brand of dog toy. <laughs> yeah, airlocks. You know, airlock bud. You know, little air <laughs> bud airlock. <laughs> airlock bud is a very different move. I'm thinking of gravity, but with air bud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now here's a really important part. If you look closely at Constantine as he got older when he started getting actual like headshots or paint, I don't know what those kind of <laughs> photos are but he got yeah. headshots he slowly started to take on um that that looks like a bulldog um mm. and so he was very much he became the dog you know what i mean um and it's sad because he never really did go to space like the dogs because it was a species thing we couldn't get humans into space it was just the dogs and cats all the time well the cats still never came back um <laughs> so um and the re- you know, this is all history that was lost, just like our good friend Zach was saying, because uh, one, he supported the Bolshevik Revolution and they destroyed it, but also all of those people during that time period were actually cat people and they just didn't want to hear it. So they just destroyed all of the en- evidence um, and then covered it up with eugenics, you know, making, <laughs> making, the, making the dogs look like the dogs were racist. They just kept telling everyone the dogs, my dog's racist, you know. Um, <laughs> and then he died of stump parentheses stomach cancer. But it was really probably one of those dog toys just playing with the dog. He became a dog. He came, became You're a You're saying dog. he ate a piece of rubber from a dog toy <laughs> and it killed him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because I thought you were saying like he like became like he his soul absorbed into a dog toy oh. and then, like transferred yeah. into a it's dog. It's like a horcrux. It's like an oh heavenly dog situation or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a shaggy DA sort of thing. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of more movies. Yeah, he's what? actually been, you know, and then he came back as a cat at some point, mm-hmm. and um, he, you might have seen him in Hocus Pocus. Oh, okay. Oh, Zachary <laughs> That's Binks, his real ghost. <laughs> oh, so he's all—he's also like in, like he's a working actor. Also now, <laughs> I mean, good for him. <laughs> yeah, he might have been. Was he that cat in he the Sabrina really show from he the '90s? The uh, yeah, he was the Salem. In both the Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina and the Netflix Sabrina. <laughs> you know, that cat doesn't talk in the Netflix Sabrina, and it's some bullshit. Yeah, that that's... That is some shitty shit. It just meows. And he it, was like... also wishbone. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Heavy prosthetics. I, uh, at one point, he just became two, and he was cat dog. Oh. <laughs> he was a dog and a cat. <laughs> Oh god damn it, Katie! Thank you. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I don't even know that wasn't even a story. It was just, no, it, it, it worked. It was the traumatizing truth yeah, right, <laughs> in right, reality right. of Constantine. Some, sometimes truth is messy. Edwardic. Uh, um, uh, before we move on, listeners, uh, I just want to say, hey, check out our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash The Revisionists. Uh, there's some retooled uh, tiers that make it easier for you to like. Support us, um, and if you don't have money, don't fucking worry about it, um, or whatever. 
Um, the, something you could do if you don't have money is review this show on iTunes uh, or your podcast service of choice uh, because that is very helpful. Uh, and yeah. check. Sorry, Zach. Go ahead. No, I'm just agreeing with you. Oh, I mean, sorry. also, if you don't have money, you literally can't use Patreon, period. It is required. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it is the basis. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't have money, like, you uh, you should not be listening to this podcast. You should have some amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have enough money to throw at a podcast. You can join the um, aerospace dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We'll send you. <laughs> we'll send you space. <laughs> send you. That's the thing. If you don't have money, just get sent to space. Uh, have you thought about that? <laughs> Bloomberg twenty twenty. Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness! For sure. Uh, 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 um, you can also ask us a question or leave us a comment at revisionistpodcast.com uh, or reach us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Um, Katie, uh, you're a, I mean, you're a comic and you are hilarious and you're all around. Um, is there anything in particular you wanted to plug? Um, I just run a couple shows in Denver. You can check out at Call to Arms Brewing Company every second and last Wednesday Mm -hmm. and Sushi High every Thursday. Uh, yeah, the the Call to Arms show is fantastic. Yeah, we just had Brian on. He did great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Zach, did you want to mention anything? Sure. Uh, I am still involved in former guest Shannon Kemp's Little Women, a modern audio drama a podcast. Uh, I'm actually, I think I have one more scene left to record because it is, it's winding down. I think there's less than a month left of new episodes before it concludes. Um, but it is still out there, uh, all past episodes available wherever you get, you know, wherever you get your, your podcasts and they alternate between, uh, you know, the, the sort of audio drama ver- episodes and then bonus episodes about the history of the time and the book and the author and things of that nature. Awesome. Uh, well, listeners, that brings us to the judgment, uh, phase uh, and I'm, I'm torn because on the one hand, um, I like, <laughs> I, I like the sheer chaotic energy of, of Katie's alternate history. <laughs> uh, I am also though a cat person. I know. I as knew anyone who is. I'm a cat person, you guys. Oh my God. <laughs> it's This true. is just the truth. I've never seen Katie Bowman harm a cat. Uh, mm. I've never seen anything. Um, I've never heard anything, certainly. Um, that's not the most full-throated defense. Um, but, so I think, uh... I just discovered something disturbing. (laughs) But maybe appropriate. If you search revisionists on iTunes, one of the couple podcasts that comes up ahead of ours, obviously you know that Malcolm Gladwell shit comes up. But... Also, the third hit for revisionists is the Ben Shapiro show. Oh Christ, really? I, it is a kind of revisionism, so yes. I guess it's appropriate. It's not the fun kind. No, <laughs> it's the kind that harms the nation. Um, <laughs> that is uh, man, right 
<clears throat> yeah. When I when when we started the show, it was like no one else has a name like this, and now it's the worst people. Yeah, Gladwell <laughs> stole our fucking stole our fucking thunder on that one. He started yeah. his show after ours, that asshole. <laughs> yeah, oh, and man. even Gladwell is like the worst. Yeah. yeah. He's not Ben Shapiro, but yeah. Jesus Christ. No, totally. <laughs> um, but I will say, in solely in defense of cats, uh, both the animal and the 2019 film, um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, cast my vote for the actual history. Oh my goodness. But listeners... The truth hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but listeners, voting is now open uh on patreon and check it out next wednesday on instagram uh to have your say uh and tell me i'm wrong as you so often do um, <laughs> but katie thank you so much for being thank you here for having me it was so fun again yeah zach always thank you as time. always of course thank you zach it was good to see you good to see you too <laughs> yeah see you later uh for everyone here at the revisionists uh, including the cats. Um, no so, cats were harmed, or dogs. Um, or dogs, yeah. Again, <laughs> no animals ever harmed in making the show. Um, that you know of. I record remotely. You don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Uh, yeah, he, he's just sitting on a chinchilla. He's just throwing dogs. Do you guys like face. this frog in my hand? Oh no. Ah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, given, <laughs> given what we've it. discussed that he that means. He just throws it like it's... Oh, it's so sad. It was such a casual toss, too. I know. <laughs> he, he just crumbles it up like a piece of paper. <laughs> he basically blew his nose with that frog and yeah. then threw it. Which you don't want to do because salmonella. That might be turtles now that I think of it. Yeah. Um, Frogs are nat- nature's tissues. Also, sometimes you... It's like a Shrek tissue. Yeah. Also, sometimes you get high... Sometimes you get high and sometimes you get poisoned. So <laughs> we got to find ways to get high these days. Is that like, I mean, we could, we don't need to discuss this. Do people actually get high by like interacting with frogs in that way? Um, they say that licking frogs gets you high. There are certainly frogs that can, like, one of the, yeah, one <laughs> yeah. of the most poisonous things on the planet oh, is poison darts, man. Yeah, there's like a frog in Brazil that has enough poison on it to kill like 500 people. Oh. Oh my god um when i went to the lake this summer i picked up a little froggy and showed it to everyone at the barbecue and then i put it down and i went to go make a cocktail and totally grabbed ice cubes out of my little thing forgetting that i was holding a goddamn frog and i was just drinking this drink like great i just like drink weird frog skin ice <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if it was I was okay. like yeah. trying to get high over there, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, for everyone here at the Ruginous, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. I'm Katie Zach- Bowman. Oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> Look, go lick some frogs, people, and email us your results. Bye. Bye. Oh, you're not going to do your catchphrase. Oh, yeah. Have a good time. Bye.